Hey y'all, welcome back to a brand new podcast episode E. Okay, so today I wanted to talk about Disney's Fantasia. So I've done a few of these episodes so far, like months ago. I talked about Snow White and kind of just my thoughts on it, the impact, all these kind of things. And same thing with Pinocchio as well. I'm gonna do the same thing today with Fantasia and possibly get into Dumbo too, which means I'm gonna have to watch Dumbo overall. Um, not that I hate Dumbo, but he's not. Dumbo's not one of my favorite movies. I love the character of Dumbo. I love Timothy Mouse. I love the stork. Uh, the stork. I love um, Mrs. Jumbo. But I don't know. Dumbo's just not one of those. It doesn't do anything for me, I guess, as a film. Anyway, I wanted to talk today about Fantasia because Fantasia, it's one of the first Disney movies that I remember from memory. And not only that, but it is actually one of the first Disney films. Um, the movie actually started in, in production in the 1930s with Mickey Mouse. It was actually a way to kind of bring Mickey Mouse back into the fold. Um, so Mickey, at one point in his very long career, um, in, in the early days, was actually losing popularity, which is weird because he was created in like, what, 1928? So by the time Fantasia, well, A Sorcerer's Apprentice came out, was about 10 years later. So I guess Mickey had just kind of like lost his popularity to some degree. And it was actually gonna be a silly symphony uh, just with that. But Disney put it out and a lot of people really loved it and it actually was very successful for them. So they decided to kind of make it part of a full length feature, which would just be a bunch of different musical segments. And that's when Fantasia came to be. Um, I remember growing up with Fantasia and not liking it. Uh, I had it on VHS. What was really cool about Fantasia though, I'll remember um, as a kid was that it was a black case. So all the other Disney movies that I had on VHS were like the white casing. Um, Nickelodeon sometimes had like an orange case one. I think I have like a blue case. I don't know what movie that was, but most of the Disney ones were uh, in a white case, but Fantasia was in a black case. It was the only Disney film that I can remember that had a black case. Nightmare Before Christmas may have had a black case too, but I don't remember. Um, but that was the only Disney movie that I owned when I was a kid that was specifically my dad's movie. Um, none of, like every other Disney movie that I ever had was my movie. Fantasia was my dad's movie. And I remember being like, I don't care because I don't like this movie. Um, but my mom used to work at a day center, uh, day center, at a day center, sorry, care, at care, uh, daycare, thank you. Um, at a daycare and she would like bring movies every week. We'd always have new movies to watch. And one week, I don't remember why, but we brought Fantasia. Which again was weird because like I grew up not even liking that movie. Um, I do remember though in the daycare center she worked at, um, someone had painted like a, a little like there were different characters on the walls, but Little Mermaid was on the wall, and I loved it. I remember just like loving that image of Ariel. Um, so, but anyway, we brought that to the daycare center and we went home without it. My dad like for the longest time, even now I think sometimes when he like. The memory comes back to him he's like you guys left my fantasia at that daycare center and he like he swore for a long time that it was like purposeful because he knew i didn't like the movie um which it wasn't i don't remember why, why we brought fantasia specifically or why my mom brought it um because i was really really young i doubt it was me that brought it but if it was it was um but yeah he swore up and down for the longest time that we had like purposefully lost his movie so he couldn't watch it but like he didn't really watch it that much anyway so i don't i don't know Anyway, um, Fantasia to me, like, I guess as a kid, I just found it boring because there was no speaking. And I remember 
um, not liking some of the segments. I did not like the dinosaur segment at all. Um, I hated the, like, the music in it, and also, like, the T-Rex killing that poor, like, whatever the fuck that thing was. I was like, this is sad. Like, even as a kid, I just was over it. I was mad that the other dinosaurs didn't help. They kind of just watched him die. And, like, that was a really graphic scene, too, when I think about it. Because, like, I remember, like, the animal, like, shaking, like, trying to get loose. Like, hey, bitch, you're killing me. And I I remember just hating that scene. And not just that scene. There were other scenes in the movie, too, that I was like, this is boring or it's gone on too long. I did always love the, I think it's called the pastoral scene. I loved that scene because it had, like, the centaurs and all that stuff in it, too. And I, again, I grew up adoring, like, that scene. I loved how all the... The little centaurs had different colors. They weren't all just the same color and stuff. And some of them were just had like they had so much attitude and so much personality to them. And then like the little drunk guy was funny. Um, but then when I got older, I found out that the scene that I had watched from that was actually a censored scene. It wasn't even like the real uh, the real deal scene. Um, actually, maybe it was. No, I think I did have the real deal scene when I was a kid. But I, I again, I so. I had only seen my dad's VHS copy of it like once and I didn't remember everything, but I'd seen segments of Fantasia um, throughout the course of my life. So I was very aware of the centaur scene and like, like again, like all the centaurs and all that stuff and the pretty, the pretty girl centaurs and the, the guy centaurs and stuff. I loved all that. Um, but I, the, the version that I remember seeing um, for the longest time was more of the censored version. There was actually an uncensored version, which I think I may have on VHS, of um, more characters. So back in the early days of Disney, there were a lot of like controversial things that Disney was doing and just not okay practices. Um, But there were a lot of caricatures and characters of black people um, in the first couple of Disney films that were just not okay. And while Disney did face backlash for these things, people did tell him, hey, please don't do that. And he, took it upon himself and in, in the studio took it upon themselves to do them anyway. So they were forewarned and they still did it, which I think says a lot about Walt's character. I, I'm, I'm going to say it. Some people don't have to like it. I don't really care. Um, but, and I, I don't want to hear, well, that's a product of your time. Stop it. You can be better than your time. Yes, I said it. I'm going to say it again. You can be better than being a product of your time, people. You can't, don't, don't miss me with that bullshit of, people are a product of their time. No, you can be better than that. Many people are better than that. Do better. Like, sorry, but I'm not going to hear the excuses. No. Um, anyways, so with movies like Dumbo, where there's one of the opening scenes is a bunch of black men talking about working all day, working all night through storm and all that stuff. They're, they're happy about it. No. Um, or later on in the film with, with the crows, uh, no, um, song of the South, um, and also Fantasia. Um, there is, there are a couple of different characters in that scene. Um, the, the, I think it's the, the pastoral scene, um, where you have people like, like characters of different colors. For example, you have, um, these black zebras, I believe, well, I believe they're black. They might be depicted as something else, but I believe they're black. Um, and they're with the, the wine drinking guy. And those ones aren't so bad. They are kind of playing his, like, his ladies, but they're not so bad as the, I don't even know what she is, but there's a little, um, a, a darker toned uh, black character in that segment. And she is definitely a caricature of, of 
black girls, black women, and it was just really upsetting to see. Um, it's in that scene where all the little angel babies are trying to make the little girls, like this, the centaurs and stuff, beautiful for these men and all that kind of stuff and, and make them catch the men's eye, which is kind of problematic in itself. Um, but she is not one of them. She's not, I mean, they don't treat her that way as if like, but at the same time, they don't even give her the regard to like even place her with someone. She's just kind of there, like being the help basically is what she is. And um, in the, the, the newer versions, the one on Disney Plus, you don't see that. She's been edited out. They've either cropped the frame or they've just completely removed her from certain segments of that special or of that, that segment of the, the, the movie. Um, but getting to see it with my own eyes, and see, you can see the original version versus the, the remastered version all over YouTube. It's all over social media. You can see it. Um, it's very sad. It was it, That was something that I, because like, I, again, I grew up not liking Fantasia, but then a part of me got into Fantasia a little bit later in my life and realized it was a really pretty film. And like, does that part in it take anything away from me liking it? No, yes and no, yes and no. Um, it does because it, it, it didn't need to happen in the first place. And also she's also in a later scene with that wine guy that I was talking about earlier. Um, where she's like rolling out a red carpet for him. She's with the, like, she's considered on the same level as the little centaurs or the little angel babies. She's there to help, but I hate that there's like, there's no match for her. There's nothing. She just doesn't like, I just, it just felt very caricature of black people. And I don't like that. And there's also a lot of things about Disney Plus where people don't like that things, things are being removed. I'm in two camps about this. I'm in the one camp. I'm like, yes, please remove it because that's problematic. Just because you don't think it is doesn't make it so. Um, but also, I kind of like when you see these things because it holds these companies accountable of your past. You can act as if like it's this great thing. But no, there, there was a lot of bigotry and racism and sexism in the Walt Disney, and homophobia in the Walt Disney Company. And as much as you tried to hide it and act like it never existed, it did exist, it does exist, and there will always be evidence of it existing. So there's that part that I enjoy, where people can be like, actually, this is not correct. Because companies, corporations are always gonna try to make you think the best of them. And it, oh, companies like Disney really have um, made a lot of people feel like it's a safe space, right? that it's always been a safe space. And it's like, no, you're rewriting history. It hasn't always been a safe space. And these are facts about that. So yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad it was removed because I don't, I don't want a whole bunch of children saying that. I don't, I don't want like that message out there of the little black, you know, character being nothing but the help. I don't like that. And not, not even just that. I don't like songs like What Made the Red Man Red. I don't like We Are Siamese. I don't like these kind of things. I just don't. Um, and I, it, again, but that, that's part of Disney's long history of the racism and stuff. But I want to get into, back into Fantasia, because that's what this episode is about, is about talking fa about Fantasia. But I will talk about my experiences as I'm talking about these movies. So if you don't like it, oh well. Um, but yeah, back to Fantasia. So... That's also one of my favorite scenes in the movie. There's so much that happens in that scene. And the music is beautiful. Um, and I think it really took actually Fantasia 2000 coming out for me to even appreciate Fantasia. Because again, I liked movies like Snow White and Pinocchio and everything after where the people talk. I don't like, I didn't like the movies where you couldn't hear Mickey Mouse. Like Mickey Mouse does talk after the segment. 
but he doesn't talk during the segment at all. And so I was like, this is just boring. I like, I don't know. Fantasia just wasn't a movie that grabbed me when I was younger. Now that I'm older, it definitely does grab me. And I think that it's a beautiful film. Um, but I think, like I, I said, I think it took two, that Fantasia 2000 coming out for me to really appreciate uh, Fantasia. And even Fantasmic at Disneyland, I think really did open my eyes to Fantasia. Um, you know, growing up, I was afraid of a lot of things and Chernobog was one of those villains I just didn't like for the longest time. Um, it wasn't until I probably was about nine or 10 years old is when I started to like more of like the darker Disney villains. I mean, I always liked Maleficent and the Evil Queen, but there was something about like the Headless Horseman and Chernobog that I really didn't like because they were, I mean, Chernobog is, I guess, the the Disney manifestation of the devil. That's what he is. Um, and so I didn't like his segment. Again, there's no talking or anything, but there's a lot of imagery in that segment. But um, it took me a long time to realize the beauty of that segment because even though this dark, scary thing is happening, there's also this beauty of like Christ and of, you know, believers just kind of going to, assuming going to church and kind of waking the town up, you know, in the dawn and him having to go back into his little hellhole. Um, I loved that. I think that was really cool imagery. Um, and that's the thing about Fantasia. Like, there's some really cool stories in Fantasia that are, like, really awesome and have made me really think about things differently. I feel like Fantasia tells a lot of different stories about creation and different forms. Like, they talk about the dinosaurs and, and what led to the end of them. But then, then again, they also talk about, like, um, you know, Greek mythology and things like that in there. And then they also talk about, you know, the devil and God. So there's a lot of different segments that have different... Um, things to them and, and and people get to see that they talk about kind of life and how life looks and I, I, that's what's cool about Fantasia there's so many different things in Fantasia that you can look to and they coexist I think beautifully very different from each other but beautifully you know I think a lot of people who like follow Scientology can get into a segment I think people who are religious can get into a segment people who are um anything in between really can find a segment of Fantasia that they enjoy. You know what I mean? I think that's what's really cool about it. It has like a lot of good light and dark in it and it makes you think and it does all of that, you know, encompassed by beautiful music. And I think that's what's really cool about Fantasia. It's its own thing. And it was really successful for Disney at the time that it came out. And I can, I can honestly, now that I'm an adult <laughs> and I appreciate more music, I, I can see why. It's so colorful, it's so fun, and it's rich in storytelling too. Um, I will always go back to Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance because that game really introduced us to Fantasia. While, I mean, yes, Chernobog is in Kingdom Hearts 1, he doesn't really get a world until uh, Dream Drop Distance. And it was such a fun experience in that game. And it reminded me, of why, one, why I liked, um, oh, my family's saying hi. Uh, one, why I liked the movie, but also why it's just kind of, I think it's just really impactful, you know? I think it's a really impactful film for Disney. And I think, you know, they tried to do other things in the future of that, like, Melody Time and Make My Music that were very simple, like, or, or similar to that in ways, but nothing, I think, could touch Fantasia. Fantasia 2000 is incredible, too. I'm not even sure which one I like more than the other, but I think that... What, Fan what Fantasia did was something that was really cool. You know what I mean? Like with without the use of words, they were able to get so many, so many emotions and convey, and convey so many things without speaking. You know what I mean? That I think that's kind of cool. I, I really do appreciate that movie so much and the characters in it. 
again, are super memorable. Um, I, <laughs> the Nutcracker scene one, I think is, is, I like that one. I think, I can't remember which one I didn't care for, but the Nutcracker sweet one was really fun. I liked that, the little mushrooms. And that's the thing, most of the segments have so many things in them that are very memorable. The mushrooms, for example, in, in that scene. Um, and then in the dinosaur scene, it will always be for me, um, that T-Rex killing that animal. And I was, I was so happy after that because everyone else died. And I was like, good, because you didn't help your friend. <laughs> you didn't help your friend, so you deserve to die. No, um, but it, that was a really sad scene, very sad, but also like a very kind of interesting scene about what people think happened at, at one point in time with the dinosaurs, um, with the extinction of the dinosaurs. So I thought that was kind of cool as well. Um, I'm going to always go back to the pestrel scene because I, I think that whole segment. And it, what's really cool is it goes, I think it starts with like little centaurs and then like the angel babies and then goes into like the, the uh, oh, unicorns. And then it goes into the Pegasus. And then from all that, we go to the centaurs and things like that. So it really goes from different, you know, mythical creatures into like one big thing where they're all together. And I loved seeing like, like the different gods, like, you know, the, the sun god, the the goddess that, you know, brings night and sleep and then the the diana shooting the star um and then the rainbow and also zeus like zeus was such a dick in this movie i was like why is zeus just messing with people he's this is it's such a it's such a stark difference between him and zeus and hercules but you know what's crazy too though is i've had that thought before like my dad and i would just talk about god and I remember being like, what if one day, like in Fantasia, God just opens up the clouds and just looks down at us? What would we do? Like, what would that, can you imagine that? That is so, it, it trips me out. It gives me shivers sometimes. I'm just like, what did that happen though? Like, what if you just see this big face in the sky? Like, not that he's throwing things at us, but like, what, like, I, I wouldn't even, I do, I think we would all just have to lose our shit. I think it was just, that's it. But it's, it's that kind of imagery that does stick with you too. It's like, what, what would happen? Like, what, like, who thinks of that? Who thinks to do this segment of something and just open up the sky and boom, there's, there's, you know, well, in this, it was Zeus, but Zeus is like God in, in Greek mythology. So it's like opening it up and you're like, oh my God, there's there's a person looking at me. Oh my God, it's God. Like, this is what? That is so trippy. And, um, but like, he does come off playful, but at the same time jerky in that scene too. Cause he keeps trying to hit him. I'm like, are you playing with him? Or are you like dead set on trying to get rid of this man? I don't I don't know what's going on, but it's it was just like a really interesting scene um, and an interesting take on Zeus. Um, and then of course the ballerina scene too, with like the, the um, what is it? The, like the flamingo and then the, uh, is that, or is it an ostrich? It's an ostrich, I think, yeah, it's an ostrich. And um, the uh, hippo and then the crocodile. I did not know, is it a crocodile or an alligator? I think it's an, it might be an alligator. Um, I did not know that there were elephants in that scene. I just watched it recently. I did not. I was like, there are elephants in this. I I remember everything else. I don't remember the elephants, but they they all represent different times of day. So I think it's the ostrich that's like morning. The elephant is like afternoon. The um no no, no. the ostrich is morning. The a hippo is afternoon. The elephant is evening, and then the like crocodile or alligator, whatever the fuck it is, is 
night. And I think that was really cool. I, I remember the, the alligator and the hippo the most because they were in like different things in Disney. Also growing up, uh, when Fantasia 2000 came out, Disney came out with like a limited edition pen set for like, like pins, sorry, pin set um, in, in the Disney stores. And you can buy different pins from different movies. And I had Fantasia was one of the ones, I had Little Mermaid and I think Fantasia was another one that I had. And I remember it being of the hippo and the crocodile for whatever reason, or alligator, whatever it is, for whatever reason, it was that segment that they chose. Um, and so that stuck with me for a long time, but it was also in like a Disney parade in the early 90s, late 80s, uh, where you got to see the, the flamingos and the hippo and the crocodile as well. So that also stuck with me too. Um, the little music note thing too in the movie was really awesome. Like I, don't, I loved the backgrounds too when the, when the performers were like setting things up, the colors that they used. Um, it was really cool. It actually made me want to play an instrument too when I was younger. I really wanted to learn how to play the flute and the violin, and because partly because of Fantasia, I loved the idea that I could like make music for Disney. I just thought that was so cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, and obviously the Sorcerer's Apprentice is such an iconic scene too. Who can forget that with Mickey? Um, and of course, Yin Sid, that's one of my favorite names. Um, I've used that name myself. Um, I just, I love it. It's Disney spelled backwards. So he's, he's so special. And he's the first Disney male Disney wizard. So that was kind of cool that he's, that he's in that movie. In fact, I think he's the first like good magical being. He is, he's the, well, no, he's not. Depending on when it came out. If Pinocchio came out first, it's the Blue Fairy. Um, if not, then it is him. He's the first like magical being that they, that Disney has. It's either him or her. Um, and they came out the same year. So, so very, and they also rock the blue. A lot of the good magical characters rock like a sort of blue, like a shade of blue. I realized that, that's funny. Um, but no, also too, the elephants in that, that scene, uh, for the uh, ballerina scene, kind of foreshadow like Dumbo, which was the next movie. So I th that was kind of interesting too. It's like, oh, when I, at least when I saw it the other day, I was like, that's funny that like there's elephants in this, like they're kind of like, they're wearing kind of human-y sort of attire because that's what happens in Dumbo. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing thing of the next movie to come, I guess. I, I know a lot of Disney movies do that, especially like nowadays something will give you an idea that this is a precursor to something else coming along. So that is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, Fantasia was just, oh, and of course, let's, let's, let's get this out of the way. Night on Bold Mountain, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I mean, who, who, who doesn't think that that scene is iconic? Of course it is with Chernabog and all his little demons and ghosts and stuff. And then going to the last segment of it being about like um, Ave Maria and things. I loved that. Um, and I love the use of Chernabog too, in like, you know, some of the, like the Kingdom Keepers books, um, like in uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts, um, in, Fant in Fantasmic, the show at Disneyland. But also I loved that they were gonna actually use Chernabog in Once Upon a Time. I think it's season three or four, where we actually see Chernabog fly through um, Storybook, Brooke. And I don't know why they never used it, but Chernabog is still out there somewhere because they ain't never used them, so. I don't know, that was a really cool thing too that, that I think that they did for that show. Um, but yeah, like Fantasia's had a, a long lasting effect, I think on not only Disney, but on its fans. I've seen so many people like at different Comic-Con events and stuff, dressed up as random characters from Fantasia. And that's the cool part about it too, is that the movie came out in 1940 and still has quite the following. Earlier this year, actually, um, I went to Disneyland and I bought the five pack of the little, um, Pegasus babies, which, okay, Disney, I don't know what your thing is, 
Disney when it comes to Fantasia, but I don't know who was uh, like who was the supervising animator. But did no one notice that the Pegasus children went from four to five at random times? It's true. So there's five. There's five Pegasus, right? The only one is that has a name is Peter. He's a little black one. Everyone else doesn't have a name. But there's five. In majority of the film or their segment, there goes from being five Pegasus to four Pegasus. There's the blue one, who I believe is the eldest. There's the pink one. There's an orange one. And then there's the black one. But there's also a yellow one too. And the yellow and orange one kind of take turns not being in certain shots. So one time, so at one point you'll see all five of them doing something. And then you'll cut to them with the parents. And there's always one child missing. It's very rare that all five children are in the same shot. It's really confusing. And when I got the, the five pack, I'm like, okay, there's five. This is canonically correct. I'm keeping, no matter what, the movie shows there are five children. I've actually named all of them um, in my in my box set, and they all have names. They all all their names begin with a P. I believe it's there's Penelope, there's um, there's Penelope, there's Peter, there's Patrick, there's um, oh my God, is it Paula? And then there's another one. I forgot what I named all five, but I gave all five of them names. I was like, my Pegasus are gonna have names. Um, and I think there's, it's, is it three boys and two girls? I think that's what it is. It's three boys and two girls for mine. So the blue one's a boy. Um, the black one is a boy. And I think the yellow one is a boy. Oh no, the orange one is a boy. And then the yellow and pink are girls. Um, but that's in my collection anyway. Um, and they're just, they're so cute. I love them. They're, they're super cute. But yeah, Fantasia to this day, I mean, that movie came out in 1940. It is now 2023. To this day, Fantasia is still kind of, a thing out there like people do acknowledge Fantasia and just kind of the marvel that it is I think it, it was you know the first you know Disney movie where they could have had sound they could have had these characters saying and doing things you know with their voices and speaking and they chose not to they chose to make it um a musical picture with no real words except for you know what the um the orchestra guy or whatever, like whatever the fuck you call him, um, uh, is speaking to you and letting you know what's gonna happen from scene to scene. And then like a little excerpt from Mickey Mouse after his segment. So not much really is said in that movie, but it still has such a huge impact and it still is able to tell a story through its music. And I think that's what, again, that's what makes Fantasia kind of rich. And I think every segment really stands out. And some I love, some I'm like, oh, those are okay. but. It's still a really fun film. I actually would like to see Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 just seamlessly put on, like, the screen. Just watch, like, like no cuts between the two. Just seamlessly, just, like, playing out would be really cool, in my opinion. I think it'd be really dope. You know, one of the things I find really crazy about this whole situation, though, with Fantasia is that this was really what brought Mickey back um, to popularity, like like the, the scene of Sorcerer's Apprentice. And with Mickey only being around for about 10 years at the time of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, premiering, it's interesting to me that in that span of time, Mickey kind of just started to dwindle. I think that's it's a very short period of time for a character like Mickey Mouse to have, you know, popularity. Um, and especially with, with things like, you know, uh, Steamboat Willie that came before it, 
you would, in all the little silly symphonies, you would think that Mickey Mouse had a lot of star power and, and staying power at that time. But I also think that that might have been because of movies like, you know, Snow White coming out and things like that really changing the the Disney kind of um, landscape. Instead of it being about, you know, a little mouse on a boat, now it was about a princess and seven dwarves who really, you know, I think took a big amount of spotlight from Mickey. Um, and then depending on what came out first, then you have Pinocchio, even though Fantasia and Pinocchio came out around the same year, you then have Pinocchio. And so Disney, I think, was moving away from Mickey Mouse to something, I don't want to say greater, but something maybe bigger in a sense. And I think that's something that's really interesting about Mickey in general. I feel like over the the decades, almost 100 years, that Mickey has kind of been like, he's, he's a staying, you know, uh, uh, Force. Mickey Mouse is that guy. But when I think about it, even to this day, Mickey Mouse doesn't actually have his own theatrical release, theatrically released movie, except for Fantasia, where he plays a segment in that. That's really it. I mean, Fantasia was built around Mickey Mouse, which is really cool. It's a really cool idea that they built the whole movie around this particular segment. And it was just eventually going to be like a silly symphony, but Disney was like, no, there's actually a lot of money that, that to be made around this character. And he was brought back for sure for Fantasia 2000. Sorry, I'm putting lotion on. Um, but he was brought back for sure for that. But outside of Fantasia, Mickey's done so many things, right? You know, if you you go to Disneyland or to the Disney parks, he's normally the star of some show like Fantasmic, Magic Map. Um, majority of the, the shows that include other characters rather than just like, a, uh, you know, a sought after few tend to star Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, he's all over Disney merchandising. He's all over the parks. You know, he's he's got, there's Toontown. Uh, he's got Disney Junior shows, which always kind of pop off for Mickey. He's got his own ride now. Um, you know, Mickey has a lot of things. And, but what he doesn't really, he's in games, of course, and a ton of video games, but what he doesn't seem to have, you know, after, I guess, after 1940 is a movie that he stars in, a movie that stars Mickey Mouse, a theatrically released film. If you think about it, Goofy's got a Goofy movie. He's got an extremely Goofy movie. Um, I mean, yeah, they do have like the, the Mickey Christmas films and stuff like that, but there's no movie that really just stars Mickey. Like you have, you know, the Three Musketeers, all that, you have them as a trio for sure, but not many movies. You have The Prince and the Pauper, all that stuff. Yeah, you have, I'm not saying you don't have Mickey things. Don't, don't catch this. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you don't have a, a Disney film that's part of like the, you know, the, the classic collection that stars Mickey Mouse. So besides Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, so, which is more of Donald Duck's film, Fantasia 2000, because that's like, he was the one being introduced in that movie. Mickey is in that movie and he does like speak to Donald, but that's really, Fantasia 2000 was really bringing back that old segment, but also ushering in Donald starring in something because Donald himself also hasn't had that same treatment. Goofy, I think is the only one that's had that treatment out of the three where he's starring in something that went to theaters that I can remember. And while Mickey and Donald do make an appearance in that film, it's still not their movie. So it's funny that, and, and Mickey, throughout, I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, there was a movie that Disney was working on that they were going to bring to theaters um, that had to do with, I think, Mickey and this bad ink guy, which I think is like part of the premise for Epic Mickey. I don't want to say it isn't, it isn't, but I think it's part of the, the premise for Epic Mickey. I'm pretty sure that's what 
the T is on that. And it kind of reminds me of Magic Map, too, because I think there was, like, an ink situation, right, too, in Magic Map. I'm not, I don't remember the whole situation with that, that show, but I think that's what it is, is, like, the map has its own, like, ink or whatever. I don't know. Mickey and Ink, I'm not sure what it's about, but there are elements of that unfinished movie um, that kind of bleed into other work. I think it bled into House of Mouse. I think it also bled into, like I said, Epic Mickey and, or Epic Mickey and um, also in Magic Map. So there are traces of that film in other things, but I'm still trying to figure out with Mickey being such a, you know, popular staying, you know, he's, he's the fixture of Disney. With him being all of these things, why hasn't Mickey had his own starring movie? besides Fantasia, where he doesn't speak in his segment. Why hasn't he had that? It's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, even, I mean, Disney went as far as doing a live action remake of the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene and kind of, you know, took their own liberties, but they didn't do an animated version starring Mickey Mouse. They did a live action version with Nicolas Cage. So again, why hasn't Mickey started that? It makes you wonder, it makes you really wonder. And it's funny because you kind of see the same thing with Mickey now, where it's like in the 1930s, Mickey's popularity was dwindling. While it's not dwindling now per se, I definitely do think that Disney's focus has shifted. I think Disney focuses on Mickey just enough. You know, he, he has become the face of, you know, the company and the parts for sure, absolutely. But he still doesn't have, I think, what so many other characters have, which is his own film. While you've seen him in so many direct to, to DVD and, and VHS and Blu-ray and Disney Plus things, you haven't seen Mickey star in something that is just for Mickey. You haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. Um, and I think that's just, I think that's kind of, I mean, besides a video game or whatever, but you haven't seen any movie that stars Mickey Mouse. And I think that there's something to that. And it's funny how, like, in this day and age with Mickey, with Disney's focusing so much on, like, you know, Star Wars and, you know, uh, Marvel properties and even, like, newer Disney characters. Um, it's funny. Like, I mean, God, how many Toy Story films do we have now? We have, like, five now. We have, like, we're going to have three Frozen films. Uh, you know, and Frozen came out in 20... It's been 10 years of Frozen this year. Um, and in that 10 years, we've had two of those movies. And then possibly a third coming pretty soon, too. And then in, what, Toy Story is going to be 30 in two years? And in that 30 years, we're, we'll have about, what, four films? Possibly five with a whole bunch of specials and a spin-off movie and a spin-off series with Lightyear and uh, the Buzz Lightyear show. So there's been a crap ton of Toy Story this entire time. But what hasn't happened is, again, Mickey getting that theatrical thing that is his. I remember when Once Upon a Time basically gave us a sort of Mickey-esque character in that, which I thought was bold. It, it didn't really go anywhere for too long, but I thought that was kind of cool. Like, are they really going to bring Mickey Mouse into the show? And they didn't do it, unfortunately, but that would have been so cool to see Mickey um, on that. But um, again, we just, we just haven't had it. And it's so interesting that he starred in so many things, but he has yet to star in something that is exclusively his. You know what? I'm wrong. I'm actually wrong because Mickey... I mean, I'm not wrong, but I am wrong. So Mickey did star in Fun and Fancy Free, but... That was a segment of a film, just like Fantasia. And he's starring along Donald and Goofy. So he's not the star of that. He's one of the stars of that. But Bongo is just as much of a star of that movie than he is, because he's got his... Bongo actually has his own segment. Um, and then there's... Uh, 
what else was he in? He, I mean, Goofy was in also Saludos Amigos and The Three Caballeros, um, which so was Donald. And those films are considered um, part of the Disney, like, actual theatrical release line of movies. So, actually, technically, Donald and Goofy have starred in more films than Mickey has when it comes to the, like, Disney animated classics collection. I think it's Donald that might have more than Goofy and Mickey, because Donald was in Saludos. He was in the sequel to that. He was in Fantasia 2000. Um, he was in Fun and Fancy Free with them. I believe he was in another thing, Make My Music or Melody Time. He was in one of those two as well. So that makes like five movies for him, where Goofy, I think, was in Saludos Amigos. I remember he was in that. He was also in Fun and Fancy Free. Um, I don't remember the last thing that he was in. Yeah, I think he was in something else too. He's been in about like two or three movies. And then you have Goofy. Goofy movie does not count as that because it's not part of the classics collection, but it counts as in it's been put in theaters. It was a Toon Disney film, I believe, that was put in theaters and it stars Goofy. That has not happened for Mickey or I think even Donald yet, unless you count DuckTales or whatever. Um, so that hasn't happened for Mickey as far as I know. Um, and then Mickey was in Fantasia, Fun and Fancy Free, and... Fantasia 2000, but it was the same exact segment. So it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird that he hasn't really started anything, but going back to Fantasia, um, I don't know, I, I wanna end it on like a nice note and just say that I really appreciate what that film did, I think for me. You know, growing up, it was a movie that, like I said, I didn't really like, and it turned into a film that I actually really respect. And I think it's cool. I, you know, one of my first trips that I remember going to Walt Disney World, my dad and I stayed at the All-Star Movies Hotel, which I 10, 10 out of 10 recommend. If you just wanna like go somewhere and lay your head down for the night, you're not trying to do too many activities. Um, but you can still go to the pool and stuff. I 10 out of 10 recommend um, the, uh, sorry, I can't say words, the uh, All-Star Movies Resort. There is a really cool like Fantasia and Fantasia 2000 segment of that resort. So I thought that was really cool. And it made me wanna go back and watch the movie, which I think after our trip, that's exactly what I did. I went back and watched it. And I've stayed in that hotel several times since when I wanna just kind of, I'm just there to get on rides and stuff. I don't care about, the hotel and how beautiful the amenities are and stuff. Don't give a shit. I'm just there to rest my head. I always choose all-star movies. I don't really go to all-star sports. I'll walk the resort of sports and music um, because they're kind of open to to do, but I mostly, I'm just there to rest my head. I don't want to, and I I like to stay in the Fantasia or the Dalmatian segment of that hotel. I love those places, Um, but it's just, it's just to rest my head for the night. I'm not, I'm not one of those when I go on like Disney vacations, I want to be in the parks or Universal Studios or downtown Disney, but I don't want to be doing too much at my hotel. I've stayed in Pop Hotel. I love that. I stayed in the Animation Hotel. Love that. Um, I've stayed in the Contemporary Hotel. Love that. But I'm not, I think I've stayed in two other ones. I think Blizzard Beach and there was another one that was at Blizzard Beach. I don't remember which, which hotel that was, but I've stayed in quite a few of the hotels there. I'm not someone who's like, I want to be in the room. I'm more like, I want to go and do some stuff. So I don't really do too much of that. Um, but I stayed in the Fantasia segment and I, I just, I love it. I, and also the pool at the All-Star Movies Resort is Mickey Mouse. And he's got, I think there's like water that shoots out of his hands too. It's, it's really cool. It's a really fun hotel. It's, it's a great little place to kind of get, you know, get your fuel when you need to eat or whatever and go to the pool and then just dip and go do what you gotta do. Very, very fun. But, um, yeah, Fantasia has been like a really interesting part of, I think, my Disney development. I really love that. And I actually went one year as Sorcerer Mickey to a Halloween party and then like flipped it. I found like a really cool like 
gray beard at the same party and dressed up as Yin Sid. I was like, okay, I'm done with the Mickey thing. I'm going to be Yin Sid now. So I, like, and the, the, what I had was like a reversible coat. So on the outside, it was red. On the inside, it was blue and it was perfect. It was like the perfect thing. Um, and that's what, that's what I wore at the party. And I had the Mickey, the sorcerer's hat, which doesn't change color. So that was really cool. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate Fantasia and I'm really proud of like, I'm I, I didn't work on it, but I am really proud of how far I think it's come and how it still really affects Disney to this day. Again, with shows like Fantasmic, which hopefully will return by next year, you know, that, that without Fantasia, Fantasmic really wouldn't be the thing that it is. Um, and then with all the things that we've seen, I think Yinsid even pops up in Magic Map. He pops up in Kingdom Hearts. So he's another, you know, mainstay character from that segment. Um, Chernobog has been a mainstay villain as well. It's really impacted a lot. And also with Chernobog and his villainy, it really kind of, um, I think, changed the landscape for Disney villains. I think, you know, with Maleficent, kind of, Maleficent's kind of a fusion to me of Chernobog and the Evil Queen. She's kind of as petty as the Evil Queen, but she also can go really big and dark like Chernobog. So he did set a standard, a new standard for Disney villains that they are like really bad. Like they, some of them can just be bad guys and there's no redeemable qualities in them. They're just bad guys. Um, and so I even think there were some elements of Fantasia used in the Haunted Mansion ride. So there's a lot of really cool things that Fantasia has been able to kind of usher forward um, after it's after it's released. So that's really cool. I, and, and it's also one of the few movies that can go back to theaters and be very successful. And I think they said if you with inflation and everything like that, um, if you added like the inflation of what it is now, Fantasia is still one of the, the best performing films of all time. That is, I mean, in 2023, with all the things that we've seen and had, that is very impressive. So very, very cool. But I do wonder if in the future we'll get a Fantasia 3 and what music will be used. And will we bring back a Mickey segment or will we bring back Donald's segment and he can usher in a Goofy segment? That would be really cool. Goofy has not been in this yet. So that would be pretty exciting to see someone else or maybe Daisy or, well, Daisy's in this one. But like, you know, it'd be really cool to see other characters kind of get their their shine too in these movies but um i will eventually cover fantasia 2000 i've got a lot of other films to cover before i get to that i also want to talk about some Haley mills stuff i just love, i love talking about Haley mills like she's one of my favorites and she gets like no love like no one talks about Haley mills bobby driscoll annette Fetticello, tommy kirk these are care these are actors that i love and i want to talk about them more on my podcast when i get a chance but that's the end of this one fantasia is currently streaming on disney plus it is the modified version if you're looking for the unmodified version of that i'm not sure where you can find that but you you can find the changes that were made on YouTube. So check that out. I will eventually get around to talking about Dumbo. I might not, I might not even go in order of films. I might go in order of interest because I don't feel like talking about Dumbo right now. I'm just, I love that little elephant. I love the characters. I've already said this, but I'm just, I don't want to watch Dumbo right now. I just, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood for Dumbo. Not really. I might be in the mood for something else though. So I might talk about another movie. I'm not even really in the mood for Bambi. I love Bambi. I'm not in the mood for Bambi. Um, but I might talk about Make My Music or Melody Time or both in the same episode. We'll see what happens. But I'll see you guys later. Have a great rest of your day, night, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. And I hope you have a fantastic day.